Here we are now, with episode number three in our series, The Astonishing, for the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. It will help to find the people who are ready to hear what we are talking about here. And today, in this episode, in this series, which I hope you've been following along, I'm going to assume you have, so if you haven't, go back and listen to the previous episodes because that has formed a foundation for what we're talking about and given a little bit of context to the words we're using and how we're using them here and the meaning behind this conversation. And today I'd like to talk about this insight or this truth or this thing which I need reminding of (laughs) as much as the next person, as much as anyone And there is a difference between being needed to be reminded of something and needing to have it broken to you. So you're either in one of those two categories. Either this is going to be a new thing for you that you've never realized or you have known this before and you've forgotten about it. Now, as I break it to you, On the surface, it will sound possibly either simple or impossible. And, of course, there are many reactions that people have when this information, well, I shouldn't say information, I should say realization. It's a realization. It's a coming into a deep structural understanding. So it's not informational. It's more on the level of revelation it's on the level of insight and really to come into this you have to come into it in your own way you have to come into it you have to find it for yourself like all revelations so for me to break it to you like a piece of information or to sell it to you as a truth or an attitude that's a little bit different to finding it for yourself. So this is why I'm contending with your reaction. I'm trying to step into this carefully. And in many ways, it's unbelievable. And depending on how we define it, it does appear, and in a way of speaking, it is impossible to be impossible. It does appear to be impossible, and in a way it... See, I find myself doing sentences halfway through and then coming back to the previous sentence. (laughs) I guess that's what you get sometimes when you have rapid neuron firing. (laughs) Sort out your mind. Make it clear, not just fast. You know the difference between fast thinking and clear thinking? Can you have the two together? (laughs) But I digress. This thing, this truth, 
is, well, I'm talking about it here because it's astonishing. That's the thing that ties in all the things that we're talking about here in this series. And just how astonishing it is, is staggering when you realize it. But of course, the depth of that astonishment is only ever limited to your experience and your encounter, your encounters with this truth. And you can get a sense of it from what I'm saying here. You can learn that it's important to have those experiences. You can learn that it's possible to have those experiences, but you can't have that exact experience. We can only ever explain things to each other. So what is it? What is this astonishing truth that I'm talking about? Well, it's this. Others can know you. Other people can know you. Someone else can know who you are. Now, the implications of this truth are very vast. Massively, massively vast. And there's so many ways in which it applies. And there are so many variations thereon in of this truth. But just take it for a moment and take it as a working hypothesis that it's true. If you find yourself disagreeing or coming up with counter-arguments or any sort of ideas of how it might or might not apply, and just as a working hypothesis, imagine that it's possible for someone to know who you are It's possible for someone to know what you do. And there are further variations we can go on like this, such as we can say, it's possible for someone to know how you are. It's possible for someone to know how you feel. Someone can know what you do. Someone can know the internal workings of your mind. Someone can know your desires. Someone else can know your history. Someone else can know your future. Someone else can know why you are the way you are. Someone else can know more about you than you know about yourself. And the list goes on. Now, some of those might have resonated differently with you. And essentially what we confront, or what the initial hit that happens here is when you hear this piece of information or this truth that others can know you, is, well, the counter-argument, or the, how should I say, the, the, the standard counter-argument is, well, no, you can't, because there's so much to me. I'm so complex and there's so many things that I've lived and I've known and I've done. But the problem with that is that 
you've just got this idea of what it means for someone to know you and you're trying to box them into that. And that is actually quite small. That idea is actually quite small. And there are versions of this idea that go something like, well, for you to get to know me, or for you to know me, I have to tell you my story. I have to tell you all about me. I have to tell you what I did, my relationships, the people in my life, the places I've been, the events that were significant to me, and so on. And I have to tell all this to you and say these words and I have to know that you are listening and that it's going into you. And then we have some sort of understanding, but still then it's limited. But that's only one side of knowing someone. And it's actually quite limited. It's just an idea, really. It's really just your tiny box that you're trying to get someone into to say, oh, you can know me. Or if you want to know me, do X, Y, Z. Now, the other side of this is that you can get to know someone through shared experience. So you know someone well when you've done the same things together. And more specifically, you've done intense things together or meaningful things together or powerful experiences together or exciting experiences together. And when you've done that, you've, sh- you've shared something. When you've, when you've done that, you have a, a common understanding which is beyond that, which can be transmuted in a telling of my personal story. And even that doesn't go far enough. Even that doesn't get into the truth of what it means for someone to really know you. Because beyond shared experiences and shared stories, the two of them collapse. The two of them actually fold in on each other because it's an experience sharing a story with someone. It's an experience sharing words and having a conversation and listening to someone. That is also experiential. And the thing that's at the root bottom, the real core of it, the thing that really makes you know someone or someone to know you is that they know you right now. It's that they know what is happening right now in your presence and in their presence. And this is the power of now meets the interpersonal. And it is astonishing. And it's a very rare skill. It's not a common skill that people have. And when two people do meet and they have that skill... They can know each other in a frightfully short amount of time. It's a frightfully short space of time. It's almost like they've known your whole life. You just know me. You know me. 
because we've met so deeply and so immediately that all of the stories and even the experiences, they seem shallow. And this is, well, it's nothing other than a profound human connection, an extraordinary human connection. And it's astonishing that it's possible. The depths of it are simply astonishing. Now to think how far off we are from that, it is actually something quite rare. And it can be quite a realization when you come into a strong connection with someone to admit to yourself that, well, no one has ever known you. You have literally been alone for your entire life. And you've been trying. You've been telling stories. You've been having conversations. You've been going to events with friends. You've been doing things with your friends. You've been doing things in groups. And it's never quite got to that deep, rapturing connection that is possible when someone really knows who you are and what you are and all the things that you are. And of course I say that, well, you've never had a sense of this. But also, paradoxically, you have had a sense of this. You've just maybe never thought about it in this way. Because you've had meaningful conversations. You have had powerful experiences with friends, with people in your life. And maybe there's just a matter of trying to bring that in. There's, a, there's, a, there's an essence in that. And that's the essence I'm trying to point out. That's the essence I'm trying to make explicit. If only we could have more meaningful conversations. If only, if only you could say that a conversation was an event. Now, there are methods that have been created specifically for people to build these skills and to put them in touch with this ability to connect with others. Human connection has actually been reverse engineered scientifically. And I've been fortunate enough to undergo many of those processes, which is why I speak about it here. This is why I'm astonished by it. And it takes time. It takes guts. Because there is a lot of hurt, there is a lot of pain. It takes vulnerability. It takes change. It takes confronting things within yourself. It takes self-knowledge. And self-knowledge is beautiful, but it's also ugly. And essentially, for someone to know you, you have to share your being. And sharing your being is, is a little bit different to sharing your story. Now, you can say that they're the same thing. 
and essentially they are. But for here, let's just take it as something that there's a difference in. We can say that sharing your story is just blabbering. You're just talking, really. And you're just saying, oh, this and all this happened and this happened and this yappity, yappity, yappity. And for today, we'll, for today, we'll call that sharing your story or telling a story. And the difference between that and sharing your being is when you share your being, you say exactly what is happening with a sincere, profound clarity right now. You say what's happening right now. So say right, say right now what is happening. Tell someone what is happening immediately, with an immediacy. And you say it with a conviction. And you sincerely have to ask you, you sincerely have to ask yourself. And that's part of the thing of learning the skill of talking from your being. Is actually being sincere with yourself. Because when you want to say what's happening right now, you might have to say, well, I feel uncomfortable. I feel nervous. I feel embarrassed. I'm confused. I have this thing popping into my head, which is no, nothing that I want to share with you. There's no way I could share with you what's in my head right now. Because it might be something like, oh, I really want to be with you. And I feel desperate and lonely about that. But to really work through that, you have to build that conviction on yourself. And the methods that people go through in order to build that skill have a component of that. They'll have someone st- you can have someone standing next to you. And you say, every, every time you say something, how, how about this? Imagine this scenario. This could be one of the sorts of things that we do in it in these techniques that allow you to share your being. We'll have you stand in one spot and you'll talk. And every now and then someone will whisper in your ear, you know what, I don't believe you. Is that really what you think? And then you'll sort of stop and then you'll think, okay, okay, well, okay, I have to be genuine. Let me try again and then you'll keep speaking. And you'll keep speaking again, and the person will stop you, and they'll say, "No, are you being genuine right now? Are you being genuine right now? Are you really being sincere? No, really, come on, come on, seriously, are you being sincere right now?" And then you'll stop, and you'll, well, you'll think about it, and you'll check, well, how do I feel, and what's going on, and you'll go into your perceptions, and then, and then you'll keep talking. And by repeating this over and over and having this person stand next to you, they'll train you to speak from your being. And you'll find words that express so much more than the blabber, blabber, blabber that you normally do. And it will be very soon after that that you'll realize that In a very short conversation, someone can know a hell of a lot about you. And the people that do this, the people who are highly developed 
with this. Uh, someone that we, it's a, it's a sort of person we call transparent. It's someone who is immediately there all of the time. And to be in the presence of such a person is astonishing. You can feel very close to them. These people that you, you're just right near and you just love them. They're so easy to love. Because you know so much about them. You see right through them. And they're comfortable with it. And they're just sharing outwards. Now the other side of this insight that others can know you and that it's possible to learn how to share your being is that, well, there's so much that's not known about you. And that's quite staggering as well. And really, this is where having others know you and self-knowledge collapses. Because the greater you know yourself, the more you can share with others, the more others can know you, which brings you closer to others. And there is so much that isn't known about you. There's so much about how you felt at a certain time in your life, what you thought about the significant events in your life, the things you said to the people in your life and the things they said to you, certain conversations that were significant, certain places that you've been that you haven't had the chance to integrate into your being, into your self-knowledge. And it takes time. It takes time to go back to those places. It takes time to integrate them because it means sitting down and actually thinking through or writing it out. Now, where were you just before that place? How did you get there? What was going on in your life at that time? And describe the place. What was the air temperature like? Was it sunny? Was it indoors or outdoors? What were the sounds in that place? What was your objective being in that place? What were you tr really trying to achieve? What was driving you? And do you rem remember the moment when you left that place? Was there a clear break of going out of that significant spot, that location? And this inquiry into location of an of something in your being, in your life, in your story, is just an example of how much there is to know. And it's unending. It's unending. And what you'll find is if you... This is the other way around to speaking from your being. If you actually go into the story, you, so you go into the blabber. You've got your blabber blabber story on one side and you say, okay, now let's be immediate on the other. Now, what if, what if you actually do go into the blabber? What if you follow that line? And actually what you find is you ar arrive at the same spot. So we say, okay, instead of someone standing there and saying, no, be sincere, really be honest. Now, is that really what you think? And so on. What we'll do is we'll set you up and we'll say, okay, now blabber. 
Doesn't matter what you talk about. Just talk about anything. Just blabber, blabber, blabber. But just keep talking. That's the only rule. And you can say shallow things. You can talk about anything you want. Doesn't matter. You don't even have to talk about yourself. Just talk about anything. Just talk. Blabber, blabber. Go on. Off you go. Now, if you've ever listened to someone do this, and you know about this, then you can hear that there's a critical moment, there's a critical point that occurs during the blabber. And this is the funny thing about listening. If anyone's, if anyone's ever blabbering to you, you can just stop and listen long enough and wait for this moment. It's a very subtle moment. But what happens is when someone blabbers on and on and on, they get a little bit of a confusion to them. It's like this little moment where they go, hang on, that's not quite right. Because something they said earlier clashes with something they said more recently. And they can remember it. They can realize. They know enough about what they're saying. They're listening enough to what they're saying, if not totally. <laughs> to be able to hear the contradiction, they say, oh, hang on, that's, that's not quite right. And then they'll try and fix it. And they'll say, well... I could, I could do that or I could say it like this or let me try and say it like that. And then they'll keep talking and they'll try and fix this thing that didn't quite fit in their dialogue. And you can hear me do this as we talk. That's exactly what's happening here. And in that small, minute, microscopic increment is the alchemy of self-awareness. It's the alchemy of self-knowledge. Because that person who's blabbering on and on and on will start coming up to things which they have to encounter within themselves. And so long as you tell them to keep talking, and they do keep talking, they will start to untangle the mess. It's quite simply that, well, they don't get put in that situation. Now, both these situations of someone blabbering nonstop is, is rare. And then the other side of it is having someone stand next to you and say, no, be sincere, be sincere, talk clearly, talk from your being. Both of those are, well, they take controlled environments. They don't occur naturally. They don't happen naturally. What happens naturally is we have a conversation and I'll start blabbering. And then you'll interrupt and you'll start blabbering. And then I'll interrupt and then I'll start blabbering. And it will just be back and forth. And it will just be more tangles. It'll just be compounding tangles. Or if I'm just blabbering to myself, I won't blabber long enough. And that will mean that the increment doesn't occur. The alchemy doesn't occur. It just goes around and around in circles. And there's no digging into the depth. And that's how it's possible, well, for someone to never know you. That's how it's possible to really just be isolated. Completely isolated to a depth, a depth that is shocking. 
You don't know how alone you are. When someone really knows you, you really feel, wow, I've expressed myself beautifully with my words. That is something that is astonishing. And you might say, well, I'm not good with words. Or I'm not a big public speaker, or I'm not a poet, or I'm not articulate, I'm not really smart, or any of these things. But none of that matters. Really, none of that matters. That's not part of what we're talking about. Being an orator is completely different to sharing your being. Being a public speaker and being articulate is completely different to sharing your being. When you're sharing your being, you don't even need a lot of words. And even deeper, at the deepest level, it's actually possible to share your being without talking. Now, on one level, you can say everything that you are and express your entire being in just a few words. And yet beyond that, you can do the same thing without any words. It's almost like walking around. Take take it like this. Imagine this as a thought experiment. You're walking around and you know Every single human being you encounter knows you and knows all about you. Now, of course, in that situation, there's nothing to explain. In that situation, there's nothing to say. And yet, the flavor of that encounter the nature of the sorts of relationships you form are a world apart from the world we normally live in. It's, it's out of this planet, completely out of this planet. Now, how do you go around <laughs> believing that everyone knows who you are? <laughs> well, if it's just a belief, it's not working. And really you start to see that all these things are connected and you need you need one to get the other and the other one builds the other. So you need to, okay, so I need to blabber and I need to speak sincerely and I need self-knowledge and I need to remain present and I need to listen and they all sort of work together. <laughs> you need one before you can get the other and you need them all at once, constantly, forever. <laughs> And that's the game. That's the game of having others know you. Now, in more recent culture, in more recent society, our sharing has been greatly diminished in some ways by social media. Now, instead of saying words that are sincere to you, now you're writing a text message which are a lot less vibrant. You're sending a message, you're sending an email, or you're posting a photo. There's a lot less life to that. Now, in terms of information, social media is great. 
because that's allowed us to have things which we didn't have before, which is the information about each other. And that means, oh, I'm moving house, or this event happened to me, or I'm having a baby, or we're getting married, or these sort of life events, or I've had this breakthrough. (laughs) Maybe that's in a different category. We'll leave the breakthrough out of it for now. (laughs) But that's, that's information. That's not sharing your being. And it does make some way, because it's not blabber, and it is important to know what's happening. And social media is great for those things, because it's immediate. It's accessible. It's easy. And yet, the other side of it is, well, social media has turned into a blabber central, which is just this big circle of knots going round and round. And it's so easy to get sucked into it. I've fallen for it many times. I'm not standing here holier than thou. And there's so many people that talk about the negative effects of social media. I don't need to repeat too much of it here. But you can see, I hope, the difference between self-knowledge, genuine talk, and interacting with others via a screen. That's a world apart. That's something very different. And that's not to say that it's impossible. You can send warm-hearted messages. You can send sincere messages. But the nature of the platforms that we socialize on encourage a sense of chit-chat, a sort of blabbering, much more than the warm-hearted messages that we, I believe, should be sending more of, being more sincere with. So that's a little bit on how others can know you. And I hope you you remember that these things that come up, you come up against, are sort of things that you have to break down. There are walls that you have to break down. Like, you have, do you have to know about my family history? Do you have to know about my dating history? Do you have to know about where I lived? Well, not really. It's really just a matter of sharing things right now. And in fact, it's happening right now. Because I'm sharing with you right now. By listening to me... We are understanding each other. There is a connection occurring. And another thing to look out for is don't make people feel you are indebted indebted to them. This is something that happens when you're desperate for human connection. And you have these ideas about what it means and you feel like, or you're thinking that these this this box, this tiny thing of what it means for someone to know you has been fulfilled. So it's one thing to have this small idea about what it means for someone to know you and say, no, this doesn't fit. And then there's another thing to say, well, I've got this small idea of what it means for someone to know who I am and this person has fulfilled that. So that person does know me. 
because that can lead itself to saying, well, you're the only person that knows me, or you really know me. And that puts a kind of, that puts a, an obligation on that person, or it puts a, a weight on that person. Like, I, I am indebted to you, and actually I'm trying to make you indebted to me. I'm trying to put you on a string. And of course, paradoxically, the way out of this is to say, well, it doesn't matter if no one knows you. And that's the flip side of walking around believing that everyone knows every single thing about you all of the time, forever, constantly. Now, the other side of that is no one will ever know you. No one will ever know anything close to the depths that are within you. And that's true. That's the personal and the impersonal. That's a boundary that's there within the human existence. Within the existence of a human. It's there. It's a consciousness boundary. That is one of the most highest levels of consciousness metaphysics. Is the known and the unknown. The self and the other. Existing and not existing. But if you look at the relative self and you look at what's occurring between human beings and within consciousness, then you realize that actually people do know each other. And actually there is an alchemy there. And thank God that it's possible. Thank God that it's true. Thank God that it does happen. We're not all islands. It's astonishing. It really is astonishing that others can know you. And I've been deeply moved by that. And I'm very fortunate and very lucky to have discovered that in a very profound way. And it's what's motivating me to speak right now. Because I wish that for more people. I wish that others could know you. And you could know others. And the other side of it is, or another side of it is, that you can know others. And the simple trick there is, well, maybe not so simple, but the simple attitude there is, anything someone says is true. Particularly when they're talking about themselves. And that's a very simple but profound attitude for the intrapersonal. Whenever anyone says something about someone, it's true. About themselves or anyone else. 
And that's a tricky one. There's a lot of dynamics in that. And I've mentioned that before. I've mentioned this trick, this technique before. There's a lot of back and forth to it. Maybe we can, we, we, we probably have to d- dedicate an entire conversation just to that. Because there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of contradictions that need to be understood, a lot of paradoxes within that. Because you can say anything someone says about themselves is true. And you say, well, what if they contradict themselves? What if there are other things? Others, what if someone else says something about that same person which is in contradiction? And what if someone says something about you? There's a lot in that. I don't want to overload too much. So others can know you. And... I'll also add that that's all I'm doing here with every conversation we have is I want you to know me because, of course, I crave human connection. I'm longing for human connection. And it is personal. It's very personal. And I endeavor to get deeper into my own self-knowledge even after the extraordinary things I've found. And I endeavor to get better at human connection and at listening and at stepping into the alchemy of personal understanding, self-understanding, existential understanding and spiritual understanding and all those things. And if you've listened to me for some time, I mean, I've shared a lot. I mean, I've shared things in these episodes which are very personal, very close to my being. And it is quite a unique relationship that we have. Because there are even even some things on here that I haven't told anyone. There are things in these episodes which are as, as close to the bone as even the most profound conversations I've had with people in what we say like a without without the screen separating us the conversations that I've had with people in their personal presence that's the same depth that I'm going for that's the same honesty that I'm going for so you better believe it that Others can know you. And it is quite astonishing that that's true. And that's all I have to say for now.